Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Welcome to a Monday edition of Sports Scene ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF. I'm Steve Russell. Time to <clears throat> eat some lunch and talk some sports. Michael is going to produce today. Uh, boy, we, we have a lot of things uh, we're going to talk about uh, this week. Um, first off, let me begin uh, on a personal note, something I normally do not do um, because, look, everybody has issues in their lives and, you know, misery loves company, all that sort of thing. I'm still trying to get through a nasty cold, and I don't know if, if somebody's listening, I, I, I'm going to try my uh, my tried and true home remedy. I, I feel fine from the neck down, but I just cannot stop post-nasal drip here. And um, it's going to be tea, honey, uh, hot honey, and then whiskey. That was the old Italian uh, remedy, if I can't <coughs> get this thing to be fixed. Uh, when I was gone, um, many of you uh, were kind enough to send emails and things. Um, I lost my dad a few days ago, um, and I appreciate, uh, even though maybe you didn't know exactly what was going on, uh, there was a reason to um, not be here. Uh, he lived to be 90 years young. Um, I'm so blessed that at this point, time in my life you know my mom and my dad were still with me um so um you know get through that and uh we'll talk a little sports today obviously baseball and softball had rough weekends the first time since 2006 that baseball and softball were swept at home on the same weekend. Yeah. Softball, I believe, only has one more weekend left in the regular season. And uh, baseball's got a tough road to hoe here to just to make a regional. Now, yesterday, uh, Sully in the postgame, you know, I, I know a lot of you are going to think I'm nuts and think he's nuts when he said everything we set out to do at the beginning of the year is still in front of us. It is. They've not been eliminated from anything at this juncture. And that's the truth. Now, you know, can you see this team in Omaha? Can you, can you, I mean, I get it. If there was anything encouraging about this weekend, how about the pitching on Saturday and Sunday by Florida's young arms? Um, pretty good starting pitching. Pretty good. But they don't hit in the league. And I'm going to give you some reasons why Florida baseball is struggling and by its own um, stellar record, softball is struggling. We are going to hear today from Laura Rutledge, uh, NFL Live host. The NFL draft takes place in just a few days, finally, after all the hype. Uh, she'll be with us 
and then a conversation with Gator men's basketball coach Todd Golden. Uh, you'll be able to hear it here today. You'll be able to see it uh, beginning tonight uh, at 6 o'clock on TV20. Um, so that's what's on the docket for today. We will take your phone calls, 392-8255. You can email srussell at wruf.com as Michael will take your calls. Let's get Dorian in. Dorian, hi. Hey, Steve. Uh, condolences on the loss of your father. I know that's uh, quite a milestone or in a bad way. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, also, I'd like you to thank thank you for coming and speaking to the Gator Dugout Club. We're always glad to hear from you. Yep, I appreciate that too. And then I agree with you on the young arms uh, pushing, you know, showing up so well. Neely was unbelievable, and Sprout did well too. Um, but the reason I'm calling is the first eight years Sully was here, there was like no arm injuries. And the last four years, we've been seeing more of it. And then Saturday and Sunday both, I thought the pitch count was pretty high for those young pitchers. And he left them in. They got, you know, started getting hits on them and stuff. And I'm just wondering if he's not just pushing them a bit too much. I know there's nothing behind them or the problem, but I'd rather take the loss than lose another arm. So I'll take your answer off the air. Thanks. Okay, sure. Thank you. Um I think what we're seeing now in the sport of college baseball is not just a Florida thing. I mean, Tennessee's lost some arms. It, it's just, it's in my opinion, it's the effect of travel ball. It's the effect of you know pitching year round. Uh, that that just takes a toll. I've never, I don't have any problem with travel ball, but I do have a problem with year round. I think the human arm needs to rest. And that's why it was great when you know you played other sports. You didn't, you know, you weren't pitching in sep you know in September. You were playing football in September. Uh, that's one of the reasons. So I don't I don't know that it's just a Florida thing, Dorian. I I, I do think it's a it's an issue in the sport of, of college baseball. Um and look I'm not going to sit here and, you know, he's at practice every day. He knows what his pitchers can do. And if you follow Kevin O'Sullivan's career, I think one of the reasons why Major League scouts love him is because he does not overtax his pitchers. He doesn't let them throw 120, 125 pitches like some coaches do. So I think he's been you know, pretty good with that. Um, yesterday, their starter, Drew Beam, um, went four innings, but he gave up three runs. Um, and, of course, Neely, uh, seven-plus really good innings. Now, uh, let's see here. I don't know a name here unless I missed it. Uh, it just says frustrated Gator fan. Uh, please start asking hard questions about the UF baseball program after winning the national title in 2017. 18, a good year, made it to Omaha. But since then, baseball's been fair to middling. 2019, snuck into the postseason, bumped in the Lubbock Regional. 2020 was a good start. Uh, yeah, 
and and that's true. That that's the that's the wild card year because they started out great, but you don't know what would have happened last year and in those losses at home in the regional. And this year, six and twelve in the league tells you all you need to know. Yesterday's loss was agonizing. I pinned it on Sully, wasted a pitching gem by Neely, even with a blown save by Purnell, which was awful. The Gators had a chance to win with a very fast runner at third in the bottom of the ninth, only one out, and Sully let Halter sw- swing away. Robinson has 6-3 speed in the 60, no force out at the plate. A safety squeeze was the call in that situation. Halter hasn't driven in the run forever. You let the guy who's struggling mightily swing away. And he says, it, this is his words, not mine. Plain stupid. Vitello had to be smiling at that one. The program's heading downward, and a few and fewer questioning why. With top five recruiting classes in the state-of-the-art facility, we are a middle-of-the-pack team, if that. Jason, welcome to Sports Scene. Hey, Steve, how are you today? Good, thank you. Hey, so off the topic of baseball, uh, Debo Samuel, I've heard him linked to the Jets that they really like. Uh, you know, he knows the coaching staff, of course, with Sala coming over from San Francisco. Did you think it was interesting? I know everybody would love to have Debo Samuel. Did you think it was interesting for his um, negotiation strategy of saying that one of the main reasons that he wants out of San Francisco is because he doesn't want to run the ball as often, that he wants to be more of a traditional wide receiver? Um, is it uh, is it unusual? A bit, yes. Um, but, I, I mean, look, that's the to me, Jason. This is the classic. What does a player offer versus what the coaching staff wants him to do? Um, he doesn't want to be a running back. That that's obvious, okay. And what I don't understand in this is, are the Forty ers saying that? Sorry, Debo, you're going to be a running back and like it, because that's what it sounds like to me. So he says he wants out. I suspect there's something else here. And, and I don't know if that's true or not, but just by what I said, that doesn't make any sense. Because if the 49ers think he's one of their best backs and he wants to prolong his career by not being tackled as a running back, I get it. I certainly get it. But I don't know. Something just doesn't – one and one doesn't make two here for some reason to me. Yeah, yeah. and I, I thought it was weird, too, that that, you know, last season was definitely a breakout season for him. But that added aspect of his running ability has really given him a unique market for moving forward for his next contract negotiation. So I would have at least kept that quiet until I got through the next negotiation and then possibly started talking with my – new employer, hey, maybe I don't want to run the ball quite as much, more of a traditional wide receiver. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I don't know if he will get traded just because he's asked for one. I know the Jets are involved. I've heard a little bit that maybe my Cowboys would be involved. I don't know what they would give up, and I would hope that they would focus a little bit more on offensive line. Uh, But it'll be interesting to see how that goes. I just want to get your input on it. Sure. Thank you, Jason. Look, I, I if I as a Jets fan, I'd love to have him because if the if the wisdom is that Zach Wilson needs receiver help, he's an established 
veteran guy you plug in right away. 1214 Time Check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. The flagship of the Florida Gators, ESPN, 98.1 FM, and 850 AM, WRUF. Your teeth, like your bones, lose density over time, which can lead to cavities, among other issues, and that can make your visit to the dentist feel like this. But if you want your dental visit to feel like this... Try new Crest Densify. Unlike ordinary toothpaste, Crest Densify actively rebuilds tooth density to extend the life of teeth. New Densify from Crest, the number one toothpaste brand in America. Smile, Crest has you covered. Next time you're driving around town, check out the car in front of you or alongside of you. There's a really good chance that that's a Southeast Car Agency tag. Why? Because the Cousins family has been selling vehicles here in North Central Florida for over 40 successful years. And only one kind, the best in late model, low mileage vehicles, no new vehicles. Steve Russell here. I drive one myself, have for years. Check them out in person, Northeast 39th Avenue or online, secars.com. Southeast Car Agency. At Charmin, we heard you shouldn't talk about going to the bathroom in public, so we decided to sing about it. My sweet chick's feeling squeaky clean When Charmin's rolling behind the scenes Charmin TV gives me those cheeky clean feels That ultra-strong hype is all for reals Those TV rolls got me a Charmin clean to guess Chick-chick-chick feeling oh so sugar Charmin ultra-strong just cleans better. Enjoy the go with Charmin. Play. You guys talking about Kelly Lee? Yeah. That dude is a bad mother. I bought a nickel from him last week. He said if I didn't give him a dime by Friday, he'd break my arm. It's so damn legal. Every Wednesday morning at 11, we invite you to join the radio team of former Gators pitcher Jeff Cardozo and Steve Russell as the International Diamond Center is proud to bring you On Deck. Our baseball radio play-by-play battery will analyze and evaluate the latest with the Gators, SEC, and everything taking place in college baseball. Rotations and Mr. Rawlings are always front and center. Last season, I led this club in ninth inning doubles in the month of On Deck, presented by the International Diamond Center, with Jeff Cardozo and Steve Russell, Wednesday mornings at 11, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Live coverage of the first round of the NFL Draft starts Thursday at 7, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. And anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. I'm Mick Hubert, voice of the Gators, and you're listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8:50 AM, WRUF, the flagship of the Florida Gators. Before Laura Rutledge joins us to talk little NFL draft, you can call us 392-8255. You can email uh, s russell at wruf.com. All right, here are some numbers uh, when it concerns Gator baseball. And, and this is part of the reason why they're 6-12 and 12 in the league. In league games, Florida is hitting 232. That is next to last in the league. 
their team earn run average 6.58 in league games. That is 12th in the league. They have an on-base percentage of just 318. That is 12th in the league. They have 140 hits in the league. That is next to last. Their pitchers have struck out only 149 hitters. That is next to last in the league. What's that mean? Well, it, it means that if you're not getting strikeouts, then balls are being put in play more. Uh, and when balls are put in play, you know, things can happen. Um, and they have no hitter in the top 15 in batting average in the league. So, you know, those are part a part of the reasons um, that Florida is struggling a little bit. Uh, I shouldn't say a little bit. They're struggling. And here is the thing. Florida... With those 14 wins needed, I think, to get to a regional, 8-4 and four is what they're looking at to get that. But they've got Kentucky, South Carolina, Missouri, and Mississippi State, and all those teams are below 500 in the league. There's a chance. You're saying there's a chance? Yes, there's a chance. Daryl says, why did the Tennessee players have to take showers at the football stadium yesterday and had the Gator helmets on? Had the pleasure of seeing Coach Napier speak in Jacksonville last Thursday night. I'm impressed. Um, many times uh, that's the case where the visiting teams will shower. Uh, when Florida was at Georgia, uh, Florida showered in Stegman Coliseum. It'll just, it just depends, um, but that's not uh, something out of the ordinary, Daryl. Uh, Greg says, do you see Richardson being as dynamic as he was last year in between his injuries, given the new Napier system and how he cannot sneak up on any team anymore? Um, well, look, I, I think he has a chance to be dynamic. But I think the thing he's got to do is forget the dynamic. I, I understand fans love spectacular. Coaches love good. They love, they love make the play, right? Avoid a turnover. Don't turn the ball over. That's what coaches love. And if you make a spectacular play along the way, great. But that's what, and, and I think this system for him, Greg, is going to be pretty friendly, um, and he'll have a chance to do well. Bob says, I agree with the fan who stated it was all wrong to allow Halter to hit with a runner on third and one out. When the game was on the line after the closer gave up a three-run lead, I wouldn't have let Halter squeeze as he was facing a lefty. Uh, and you don't squeeze against a left-hander when you bat left-handed. The move would be to pinch hit uh, a righty who could bunt or better yet swing away against a pitcher hitting a high of 84 on his best fastball and score the run from third. The worst decision was to let the guy with the worst slump hit in that situation. Well, Bob, I can tell you this as somebody who's coached. I'm not saying that you never pinch hit for somebody because you, you, you do. But Halter's a veteran player, and he's done a lot for this team. He's not done well of late, 
certainly. But that's a decision the coach gets paid for. Do I let a, or, or do you bring a young hitter up there that doesn't have the game experience that a Kobe Halter does? Sam says, can anything else be done to supervise the behavior of not just the Yankee fans, but any fans that throw bottles? That's just that he's talking about what happened in the Yankees Guardians game in New York. Uh, that's ridiculous. Um, I mean, I don't know what else you can do. Look what happened with the uh, protest uh, at the Timberwolves game. How do you how do you stop that? If somebody wants to run on the on the court, uh, you know I don't know what else, you know how much you can do to really um, stop that thing. Um, so, but yeah, you you just wish that wasn't part of the equation. Three nine two eight two five five. Email s russell at wruf dot com. Laura Rutledge, host of NFL Live, will join us in a couple of minutes, and then you'll hear a conversation I had with uh, Todd Golden, the new Gator men's basketball coach. Tom, hello. Hey, Steve. So at the uh, Orange and Blue game, uh, you know, I think Richardson's really well. Uh, were you impressed by Jack Miller's play, or um, it was okay. It was okay. I, I think he did some good things, and you know, I'm sure he had some throws that he wished he could have back. But he did all right. But I would just so say all right. Kind of, yeah. And I'm, I'm shocked about Del Rio leaving because you know I I thought that he probably was going to be number two under Richardson. I don't, I don't, I don't think that was going to be the case personally. Um, okay. And even if he is number two, one of the reasons why you transfer is to play. Jeez, but I'm, I mean, I'm just with Richardson's, you know, injury background. That's just, you know, just almost a, a no-brainer. I, you know, like with Trask, Trask came in and did really well once they put him in charge. So I'm, you know, I'm, I pray that Richardson is fine the whole time. But uh, what, what are your thoughts on this? I'm going to hang up and, and just listen. Thank you, Steve. Okay, thank you. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know that you can worry if that's the right word, about your quarterback or any other player, for that matter, being healthy. You, you've got to go and you've got to put people in position that to be ready so that if player X goes down, player Y comes in. May 1st, ladies and gentlemen, is a day that I want you to circle on your calendar because that is the day and coaches are loving this in college football because you can't transfer after that without special things happening. So you basically know what your roster is. And Florida's going to add some players. I'm just telling you this now. Uh, Arizona State has lost a wide receiver. He's apparently visiting here. Do not be surprised if the next couple of days uh, you see – some people say they're going to come here. And and Florida's not the only place. I mean, this whole transfer portal deal, I've talked about it a million times, and it's here to stay. It's not going away. But at least on May 1st, you, you can kind of get an idea of, you know, what your roster is going to look like. By the way, before I go any further, I want to congratulate Gator Lacrosse. Uh, AAC champs again, 
And how about Gator men's tennis winning the SEC tournament, uh, beating Kentucky? So congratulations. Gator men's tennis really good again and a real factor when it comes to a possible national championship repeat. 1227, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. Laura Rutledge will join us next. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. From the heart of campus and the College of Journalism and Communications on Stadium Road, ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. I can walk again. I can cross my legs again. I can wear heels again. After years of living with chronic joint pain, Andrea Southard is now living a normal life pain-free thanks to natural biologic treatments at QC Kinetics. We tried everything, and my husband had heard the commercial for QC Kinetics on the radio, and he told me to call him and check it out. That phone call changed Andrea's life. QC Kinetics used powerful natural biologics to treat her aching joints. It's high-tech precision medicine that can restore and repair damaged joint tissue with no surgery and no drugs, providing lasting relief. I felt like I was in my 20s again. I could tie my own shoes. Really the little things that you don't think about. Pain in your hips, knees, back, shoulders? Get rid of the pain now. Call QC Kinetics. 352-400-4550. That's 352-400-4550. QC Kinetics, 352-400-4550. At Charmin, we heard you shouldn't talk about going to the bathroom in public, so we decided to sing about it. I love my Charmin Super Charmin Super Mega Roll is six regular rolls in one. Enjoy the go with Charmin. Gain presents a tale of longing and long-lasting scent. Dear love of my life, we were on the 12B bus when I caught a whiff. A scent so fresh, so life-changing, I had to find its source. I didn't know if you were the woman in the pink freshly washed cardigan or the retired mailman next to me, but I knew one of you was my soulmate. Ah, the scent of Gain Flings. Add Gain Scent Beads for an even longer-lasting scent. From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. Partly cloudy and staying very warm into the evening, and we could get a few sea breeze thunderstorms pop up today, mainly along in west of I-75. The best chance for those will be from about dinner time till shortly after sunset, but they will be isolated in nature. Tonight, starting off mostly clear, patchy fog developing by tomorrow, lows in the low 60s. In the UF Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Megan Borowski. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams. And Max Kellerman. T.O. with us. What up, T.O.? What's up, fellas? We came in the league at the same time, and why even continue to keep getting tackled, slammed to the ground? At 48 years old, no, you're not old, you're young. But damn, T.O., come on, man. You got to wake up feeling a certain way after a game. It doesn't matter how old you are, but I mean, I'm just different. There are some people out there that kind of defy the odds, and I'm one of those guys. Key, Jay, and Max. Weekday mornings at 6, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 858. AM WRUF. Coming up at four, it's the tailgate with Jeff Cardozo and Pat Dooley, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM WRUF, and on your phone with the WRUF radio app.
This is University of Florida President Kent Fox, and you're listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Well, the annual festivities known as the NFL Draft gets underway later this week, and who better than to discuss this than the host of NFL Live, Laura Rutledge now joins us. Laura, thank you for doing this. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Um, I, look, I, I think as, when this whole thing starts, which is like right after the NFL season is over until now, there are 5,000 names that are the number one pick in the draft and 5,000 trades. and you know, all, It's finally coming to an end here in about three days. But it's interesting about Jacksonville at number one, Laura, because they've always sort of done – their own thing. Is there a consensus, do you think, of what they will do with the top pick? Well, look, we're getting into that time, Steve, where people start lying about what's going on. <laughs> That's and, true. You know, whether or not they know something that we don't know, we'll remain to be seen, and we'll find out on Thursday night that number one overall pick. But I still think that defensive end Aiden Hutchinson is the surefire number one pick, and he should be. He's a franchise changer. He's dynamic. He's somebody that you can build an organization around. And it's not just the, the great play on the field, right? He, he's going to wreak havoc against opposing quarterbacks, but it's also what he brings to the table from the standpoint of off the field and, and the guy in the locker room and being someone who is so committed to his craft and is wise beyond his years. I just don't want that to get lost in the shuffle and all of this talk about maybe Trayvon Walker being the number one overall pick, which would be unprecedented with someone having the numbers that he had. I get it. He is a physical prospect of NFL team dreams, but he just hasn't proven it as much as Aiden Hutchinson has. And then now today we're hearing that Iki Aquanu, the offensive lineman out of NC State's going to be the number one overall pick. It's, it's hard to sift through all of it, but I would still put my money on Aiden Hutchinson going number one overall. It is hard to sift through all of this. No, no, no question. I guess the next uh, point in this for me, Laura, is in your experience in doing this, when teams make their pick, is it based on best guy available? Is it made on we have a need at this position we have to go address? Or is it pretty much a combination of the two? I think it depends on the team. I think there are a lot of teams that take the, the approach of best player available. The Ravens are a team notorious for doing that. And then you kind of look at the, the roster and sometimes you say, well, you should have taken a receiver instead of best player available on your board. Or you should have looked at this differently. And then you also say, well, wait a second. If they hadn't taken that approach, you go all the way back to a few years ago when Lamar Jackson was drafted at the very end of the first round. No one else was buying in on Lamar Jackson. And this guy's an NFL MVP. And I think we'll end up winning a Super Bowl one day. And so it, that's a case where it worked out really well for them to take the best player available on their board. And they, they were about the only ones that really saw his value obviously you should have been valued much higher than that so it's an approach that depends on the team right and, and this year I also think there are some teams that may take a different standpoint than they usually would a lot of that having to do with the fact that it's not a quarterback rich draft it's also a draft that has a ton of depth to it at certain positions that are positions of need so like the wide receiver position for instance it's very very, uh, we, we may end up seeing seven receivers taken the first round, right? But then there's also a ton beyond that that 
are really, really talented players and could be contributors. And with this rash of money going out to wide receivers who are already in the league, I think you may see a lot of teams say, well, we'll just get our receivers in the draft and, and take that approach, especially these teams that may have to trade a receiver away if they either want to get out like Debo Samuel or if they can't pay the guy. And so I, I do believe we'll see a bit of a shift depending on the team. We've also heard today that there are a lot of teams looking to trade back in this draft looking ahead to next year and saying, let's pile up as many picks as possible if there are some teams that we can find a trade partner to, to go with. Look, I, I think one of the hardest things to do, you know, you know, a baseball scout, a football scout, that's all they do, Laura, and yet they screw it up sometimes. It just doesn't fit for whatever the reason, right? So here's my question. A, a guy like Pickett, Oh, his hands are too. Sometimes I don't think they look at tape and say what a guy or see what a guy can do. Is that fair? I think it's totally fair. And, and listen, I think some of the hand size with Kenny Pickett is important, but I also think the other side of that is that it got a bit overblown. And I do think if you're looking for just raw talent that can be developed and somebody who adds so much in the run game, Malik Willis at the quarterback spot is probably the better option. But if you're looking for someone who can make a difference right now and, and maybe one of the more veteran, experienced guys in this draft at the quarterback spot, it would be Kenny Pickett. But the, the caveat to all of this is that it is unprecedented to see a quarterback with hands that are that small. And you do remember that the football at the NFL level is slightly bigger than it is at the college level. And I think, Steve, when it comes to actually looking at the tape on Pickett, the, the alarming part is how many times he turned the football over and how many times it could maybe attributed to hand size. And so you say, well, is there a correlation there? And that's where it does depend, to your point, on fit. It depends on a team's where they play, right? You probably don't want him in some uh, team where he's going to have to deal with a bunch of cold weather or weather that uh, would affect him, even though obviously he has played in cooler weather coming from Pitt. I, I just think all of those factors – come together to say he is a player who could drop in this draft or I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up going at six overall or somebody trades up there trying to get him ahead of Carolina hmm. uh, all right somebody called you mentioned Debo Samuel and somebody called earlier all right hello um 49ers front office I don't want to run the ball anymore as much as I have well we want you to run the ball but well could you trade me uh, is it that simple is that what went down here uh I mean, geez, you got to think it was more complicated than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm hearing, I do think that there's some truth to it being that way. And here's the thing about the NFL right now. It's okay if it goes that way. It's like it's not okay for the 49ers. I mean, obviously they're looking to, in a trade, get something great in return. But these players have that power. They can go and say, well, I just really don't want to be here anymore. And if I am as good or, you know, as productive as someone like Debo Samuel, then they they end up getting their way, you know. And, and it's interesting because we have Keyshawn Johnson, uh, former Jet, your Jet, yes. uh, on our show all the time. And he talks a lot about the fact that once a player says, I want to be traded, they end up being traded you know it, it, there's just no other way you can't ask the guy to keep playing for you if he doesn't want to be traded and so I think that's where when you look at this overall situation the conversation legitimately could be as simple as him saying ah you guys aren't really doing what I want I'm going to get out of here I do believe that this was a problem the interesting thing to me is I remember all the times when Debo himself was calling himself a wide back last season, and he was, like, proud of it. So I don't know what happened to that. I don't know uh, why he decided he didn't like it anymore, but 
here we go with a guy who's seen other players dictate their future. He's trying to do the same. Is there a player, Laura, that you like or you've seen on tape that could maybe sneak into the first round that maybe isn't there now? Yeah, you know, there are so many. Um, I, I think we, we may end up with a few surprises like this. And, you know, for me, looking across the board, I think there's a lot of people who are not talking about some of the tight ends who could end up getting up there. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if really any of the tight ends, just because there are some teams that need them, uh, end up in there. And that, that's just a preference thing. A lot of those guys, and that, that would be a major shock because many of them are projected late second and early third. But you know, specifically, I, I would look at some of these players like maybe a Jahan Dodson, who is a wide receiver who some have in the first round, but not many have him there. And he's a bit unprecedented because you don't see a lot of guys, you know, who, who are not coming out of Power 5 schools, the wide receiver position, have a ton of success. I mean, if you really look, which receivers have had a lot of success coming out of smaller schools, it's, it's a very slim list. But I think he's a dynamic enough player that someone could Few Whoops, Laura, we lost you. Hello? You oh, got we, me now? Got you back, yep. Sorry about that. Yeah, I, I would say Dodson's one to watch, especially if there's a big run on wide receivers early in the draft and teams might get a little panicky and say we got to grab a receiver and, and you could end up seeing some of those receivers like that sneak in that might really be more second and third round type players. Um, I had a, an email uh, from Bill who says, please tell Laura I love NFL Live, watch all the time. And he has a question, why are running backs devalued in the draft? Yeah, yeah. Bill, uh, great to hear from you. I would say the problem with running backs is that there have been a lot of them who have been injury prone. And you look at a guy like Saquon Barkley, um, you know, it, it, you would let's use him as an example. He was, to me, the right pick still for the Giants when he was picked as high as he was a couple of years ago, but yet has not been able to stay on the field. And and that's where I think when you look across the board and you see these receivers that consistently not able to stay healthy, teams say, I can't by spending a first or a second round pick on him. I, I do think we'll see Brees Hall go pretty high in this draft. I could see him being a first rounder. I think he will be. But you just won't see teams do it that much more. They, they don't have to. You know, they, they can get these guys in the third round and say, all right, we're going to run them as much as we can and, and hope they stay healthy. And if they don't, we'll get another one the next year. And it, it's tough because – a lot of these running backs, I think, even at the college level, say, well, wait a second, why do I want to play running back? Maybe I should play wide receiver instead. And I would argue, uh, you know, unless you're Najee Harris, you might should, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, um, it's really interesting the way the game has changed and the way these running backs are used. And that's another point, too. I mean, I think unless you're a running back who can really be a dynamic playmaker and can flex out as a wide receiver, not just catching the ball out of the backfield, but can really line up at receiver – it's going to be tough to find a landing spot with the way offenses at the NFL level are right now. I'm going to give you a chance to plug NFL Live. What you got going? Oh, yeah. We got a busy week, Steve. Uh, we're, we're still in Connecticut today, but we head to Vegas tomorrow. The show will still be on. We'll have some other people on the show tomorrow. And then starting Wednesday, we are with you throughout. We've got our regular NFL Live schedule. We're going to be doing some two-hour specials. So that's at 4 Eastern. And then when we do two-hour specials on Thursday and Friday, it starts at 3 Eastern. And then um, we also have a, a primetime ABC special on Wednesday night to preview the draft. So 
and that uh, I'll be on the ABC broadcast, so I'll be doing the red carpet and green room interviews with the families, and just really cannot wait. I think it's going to be a fascinating draft. I think we could see some big trades, too, on that first night, just with all these teams looking to move back and some teams that really may want to move up a little bit to grab receivers and quarterbacks. Always a pleasure to have you. Look forward to your work uh, as the draft begins in just three days. Laura, thanks, man. Always appreciate it. Thanks so much. You got it. Laura Rutledge, one of ours, proud of her. She's done such great work, and um, she works hard, too. We'll uh, open the phone lines for you, 392-8255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. 1243 time check brought to you by Hayes Chillery ESPN 98.1 FM 850 AM WRUF. If it's happening with the Gator Nation, hear it here first. ESPN 98.1 FM 850 AM WRUF. A recent study showed there are over 4,000 religions in the world. Now that's a lot of choices. And God has given us the freedom to believe what we want to believe. Yet more and more people, frustrated with organized religion, are choosing to have no religious affiliation at all. Maybe you're one of those. Perhaps you've had a bad experience or been hurt by someone in your church or synagogue. If that's the case, I can only imagine how you must feel. But please remember, Christians are not perfect people. No one is perfect. And as Christians, we often fail to model the character and the spirit of Jesus. So instead of just searching for religion, consider having a personal relationship with God through His Son, Jesus. You see, religion is based on what I think I must do for God. Christianity is based on what Jesus has done for you. It's a gift. This is Bryant Wright, speaking right from my heart. For devotions, visit rightfromtheheart.org. Hi, this is Dr. Art Mowry of Exceptional Dentistry. Listen to what our clients have to say about their experience at Exceptional Dentistry. I would say that not only because they're absolutely the best, that they do pay attention and listen to each different patient and what their needs are, what their fears are, how they can help them through the the different processes that you need to go through to have healthy teeth. And that's what's really important to me. It's the difference between night and day, just having the absolute best and know that that's what I have and um, I'm healthy and I know that that's what I'm going to be for the rest of my life because this is my team for the rest of my life. It's terrific. This is Dr. Kim Mowry and if you think you have dental problems that are too big to overcome, we're here for you. Please visit us at ExceptionalDentistry.com. That's ExceptionalDentistry.com. Every three seconds, there's a new victim of identity theft. A criminal could be applying for loans in your name or even selling your personal info on the dark web. Protecting your identity can be easy with LifeLock by Norton. LifeLock monitors your info and alerts you to potential identity threats. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but with LifeLock, it's easy to help protect yourself. Save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com with promo code NEWS. Love listening to Gator Sporting Events on ESPN 98.1 FM at 8.50 AM? Well, you can also hear Mick, Jeff, Steve, Kyle, Tom, and Sky wherever you are. With the WRUF radio app, catch every touchdown, layup, spike, goal, and home run all in the palm of your hand. Gator games on the radio, on the web, and with you no matter where you are with the WRUF radio app.
your home for the Rays, the Lightning, and the Bucks. We are proud to bring Tampa to Gainesville. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. And now, more sports scene with Steve Russell, here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and online at WRUF.com. Later on in the show, a conversation with new Gator men's basketball coach Todd Golden. You'll hear that here today. You can see it beginning tonight on TV20 uh, during the 6 and the 11 o'clock news. 3928255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. Tony is up. Hi, Tony. Hey, Steve. What's going on, big guy? Hey. Um, you know, it doesn't get much worse than that, man, than coughing up a three-run lead in the bottom in the top of the ninth and then having the uh, runner sign it at third with less than two outs in the top of the ninth. Um, I was screaming to, to have Halter squeeze. I was screaming it there in the stands like a dummy. Um, <laughs> Because you 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 just can't have him swing away there. Uh, you you have to think that with your bullpen situation, with your best guy already giving up the three run lead, right? That you weren't going to be able to hold him much longer in extra innings. So no matter what, that had to end right there in the bottom of the ninth. And uh, you know, having Holter hit there, you know, the lineup is not changing. That we've talked about that. Get get him out of that leadoff spot. Um, you you just can't have that, man. And it's unfortunate because there's no depth on this team to give nobody a day off. Like, Derek Fabian has needed a day off of, you know, just have a seat and watch a couple of games for like a month now. And you can't because there's nobody else to play third base, really. So uh, it's just an unfortunate thing. Quick stat before I talk to you about the draft real quick. Uh, the Gators, since 2019, SEC player, 36 and 42. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's that takes away the 2020 season in which they never played any SEC games. A little bit of fool's gold. The only tough series that we had was the number one ranked Miami team at Mark Light. Yeah, we swept them, and everyone was excited, myself included. We would have won a national championship that year, but we never really played an SEC game. So that is kind of an outlier big time. But uh, 36-42 since 2019. So uh, it's going to be a big year next year for uh, Scully. It's going to be a big year. Um, Steve, go ahead. I'm just going to say, I mean, this year isn't over yet, Um, you know, because, you know, yesterday one of my friends texted me after Sully said in the postgame, everything is still out there for us to do. And he just texted me and said, you know, what are you crazy? But it is. (laughs) It is. Now, can that happen? Given what's transpired so far, I get it. But. They do have a chance here because right now you're not worried about SEC anything. You're worried about getting to a regional. That, that, that's, all you, that's all you can do right now. Oh, yeah. And I think they're going to have to go eight and four down the stretch here to have a reasonable chance. Yeah, they're going to have to get at least a couple of sweeps um, and avoid losing a series. Um, so it's going to be real tough, especially if Barco's not available. The crazy part is, if you had told me that Neely and Sproat would have been right. like this, right. I would have told you, Steve-O, baby, mark it down. We're going to Omaha, okay? Okay, but you never – but Barco now came up a little injured. The hitting has just been horrific, especially during SEC play. Like, talk about it, and, um, you know, that's how it is. Steve, 
for the Jets to go after Debo, you have to assume that they feel he's a number one. If you think he's a number one, okay, then you go after him, right? Because you're going to have to give up the number 10 pick. Right. And with that number 10 pick, I mean, you can get yourself a number one. So you have to feel that, that Debo, you know, having a little bit more experience and stuff. And, yeah, I get it. He's not going to be a running back. But you're still going to be able to give him, you know, handoffs, you know. Sure, jet sweeps. Like yeah, that. things like sure. Jet sweeps, yep. yeah. I mean, so I'm with you, man. If sometime before the draft or draft day, they announce the best pick for a Devo, man, sign me up for that every day of the week. Yeah, and I think the other thing is this. If you think they're, and I'm trying to think like a scout now, okay? Mm-hmm. If you're picking where the Jets are picking, is there a receiver on the board that you think, not right now, but, you know, a year or two down the road, will be better than him, than better than Debo Samuel? If you think that, then great. But A, is he available at that point? And then B, you, you know what you have in Samuel. And, and if right. your mantra has been, get Zach Wilson help, get Zach Wilson help, well, he, that's pretty good help. And then to answer your question, the only guy that I think fits that would have been um, Jemias Williams from Alabama. I believe that's his name, right? The kid who had the ACL. If he doesn't have that ACL, he is a bona fide top 10 pick every day of the week at number one. But with that injury, especially with the Jets, man, that the Jets have had injury issues for two years now, you cannot risk that on a guy who's coming off an ACL, I don't think. Yeah. and All and, right, Steve-O. All right. Thank you, Tony. And I don't know. I'm, I'm, I mean, a lot of scouts are high on Garrett Wilson as a receiver from Ohio State. Uh, the, the USC kid. Uh, Drake, I can't think of his last name, uh, but a lot are high on him. But I just don't see in this draft that guy at receiver. So that, and so my evaluation as a draft uh, staff is: if there's nobody better, then go after him, because you you know what you're getting with him. <clears throat> see what takes place there. All right. Uh, we'll got about five minutes left in this hour. Still time for calls, emails, et cetera. 392-8255. Uh, Sam has an interesting email here. He said, uh, Steve, my simple two-word question to you is, what's happened? What's happened to Gator baseball? What's happened, on a lesser extent, to Gator softball well look I'm gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat my answer here Florida is not the only fan base that expects its programs that have traditionally done well to continue to do well okay let let me let me throw this out to you when Nick Saban leaves Alabama and they hire the next coach are there going to be some fans who are realistic and just say look this guy is replacing arguably the best coach ever in college football we we we're probably not going to have the same level of success 
as we did with Nick Saban. I think the majority of fans will say, yeah, he better, he better keep that standard. That's just how fandom is. I'm not knocking it. That's how fandom is. Well, what you're seeing now, take your fan hat off. You are seeing history. You are seeing what sports has been throughout the years. Every school, every program goes through down cycles. This, and by Florida standards for baseball, this is certainly a down cycle. Now, softball is 11 and 10, I think, in the SEC. But let me give you some numbers there to tell you why they are struggling. In league games, they hit 261, which is eighth in the league. Their team ERA, 3.67, is number two. So the pitching's been good overall. Their on-base percentage is just 339. That's only 10th in the league. They only have nine homers in SEC games. Nine. That's 13th in the league. They have struck out 121 times. That's number two in the league. 31 stolen bases, number one. That's what the, how they, they tried to manufacture runs. And um, they've allowed 77 walks, which is 11th in the league. So <clears throat> you start putting some of those numbers out there, and you kind of see why, with their standard that's set, these school, Florida's softball and baseball uh, programs are struggling a little bit. And you also have to give credit to the other schools. How about Arkansas? I think Arkansas, as a school, has probably elevated its athletic program as much as anybody. Think about it, okay? Men's basketball, pretty good, right? Softball, best record in the league in a relatively short period of time, okay? Baseball, they're always good. They've been. But I'm just telling you, they've made a pretty nice little run here. So you have to give credit to the other schools as well for building the facilities, going out and recruiting, you know, getting hiring the right coaches. The SEC in softball this year is really competitive. I mean, Alabama went to Texas A&M and got hosed. I mean, hosed by A&M. And who, you see A&M's record before this weekend in the league? And, I mean, they, they didn't just beat Alabama. They smoked them. They run-ruled them. So that's what happens when you play in a league like this. You know, sometimes you just have a down year, other team, by your standard, and other teams elevate, and that's what's happened. I keep saying this. Now you just can't stay there for too long. And that is what the, the uh, challenge is going to be.
Don't forget, Gators do not have in, in baseball a midweek game this week. Kentucky comes here, a struggling team. And uh, softball, I believe, has Stetson Wednesday before they play their SEC series. So um, that's what's coming up as far as softball and baseball are concerned. That's our first hour. Thanks to Laura Rutledge, host of NFL Live. She'll be a very busy person uh, with the draft coming up here on Thursday. I'm going to start this today, too. If you have a favorite NFL team, call me and tell me who you think they will draft and who you would like them to draft. Okay? ESPN, 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WYW. Gainesville, U251CG, Gainesville, from the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios. We are ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. I think most people would tell you if a business has been there for over 40 years, it's doing something right. Hey, folks, this is Steve Russell, and that's exactly the case when it comes to my friends at Southeast Car Agency in Gainesville, 310 Northeast 39th Avenue. The Cousins family has owned and operated that business for over 40 years, and it's just one thing in all that time, providing you with a great alternative to purchasing a new vehicle. Cream of the crop, best of the best, and late model, low mileage vehicles. You can check them out secars.com. All the info on these vehicles is there. And you can go see them in person, Northeast 39th Avenue, and you can test drive the vehicles and work with a sales staff that will always work to make sure you get the vehicle you want. They never try and hard sell you. Do what I've done for years. I'm driving the Southeast Car Agency vehicle now. They're great, and they'll get one that'll fit your needs. When you go see them in person, make sure and tell them Sports Scene sent you to the good people at Southeast Car Agency in Gainesville. What you've heard about probiotics is probably wrong. I eat yogurt, so I don't need to take a probiotic. Probiotics? They don't really work. It's time to learn the truth about probiotics from Align, the probiotic brand recommended by gastroenterologists two times more than any other probiotic brand. Align has probiotics to naturally help relieve occasional bloating, gas, and abdominal discomfort. Try Align for a month and see how great a healthy gut can feel at AlignProbiotics.com. Daughtry Tree Service has been voted Our Town Magazine's favorite local tree company for 2020, as well as the Newberry Business Hall of Fame for the third year in a row. Call us today for a free estimate. And remember, at Daughtry Tree Service, there's no tree too tall. We do them all. Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Starting up the second hour of Sports Scene today with Michael producing. We thank you for making time out of your busy day to join us. You can call us, 392-8255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. 
Hope you had a chance to hear Laura Rutledge and at the one of our first guests, and then Todd Golden, Florida's new men's basketball coach. You'll hear a taped interview with him uh, coming up this hour, and you'll be able to see the interview beginning tonight at six o'clock on uh, TV Twenty. So, I've never look. I know I'll never have this happen, at least without it artificially being done. Because I've been doing this for 20-something years, and I've, from the very first time I sat in a chair, I asked about the draft, hey, I want to hear from you, and we can't get all the teams. But if you are a Dolphin fan or a Bucks fan or whatever fan of a team you are, with the draft coming up over the next three days, um, we will get your thoughts. So whatever team you like, tell us who you think they're going to draft and who you'd like to see them draft. I know it's early because I saw this happen last year and I got to be very quiet when I say this, but the Mets are off to a good start. Yeah, and they get, I believe today is the day they get to report on Jacob deGrom. Um, and, it, you know, look, you look at the standings here through the first, what, 15 games, whatever it is. Um, the East in the American League, the Yankees, my mom called, who's a big Yankees fan, the Yankees stink. The Yankees are 10-6. and six. That, 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 That's, again, in New York, right? That's what you have to live with. The Rays, only 9-7, and seven, but okay. In the Central, the White Sox are the team that has not performed well. They've been decimated by injuries. The first-place team in the Central is 8-8. Eight and eight. That's the Twins. And how about out West, <coughs> the Astros struggling <coughs> at 7-8, and eight, while Seattle is 10-6. and six. The Mets are 12-5. and five. They're the only team in the East above 500. Yeah, the Braves off to a sluggish 7-10 and 10 start. Cardinals, Brewers, okay in the Central, and the Dodgers, 11-4. But is this going to be another Dodgers-Giants thing where they each win 100 games? The Dodgers are 11-4, the Giants are 11-5, and, and the Rockies, surprisingly, 10-5. and five. All right, we will get some calls. We'll start with Devin. Devin, hello. How you doing, Steve? Okay. I uh, wanted to talk uh, NFL draft. Sure. And you were, you were talking about uh, who your team is and what th- you think they're going to do. Okay. Obviously, I'm a Patriots fan, but uh, I think they're going to take Devin Lloyd out of Utah. He's a solid linebacker. they got to start thinking about replacing Hightower and uh, most of their defense. I mean, they've got a – last year, it just kind of fell apart. I think it was a combination of guys that sat out the year before with COVID, guys getting old. Uh, Patrick Chung's not there anymore. McCordy's aren't there anymore. They start Slater again, but he's on the wrong side of 18 years in the league, and they got to start rebuilding that defense. But I think what they should do is go out and get a wide receiver because they need a threat. They don't have anybody. Nikhil Harry hasn't panned out. They're too uh, – Hunter Henry was all right at tight end. Johnu Smith last year was pedestrian at best, and uh, the running backs look good. But I think they got to get Mac Jones help, and they got to get him a, a striker, somebody that can 
tear the top off of the defense and uh, be a deep threat. And they haven't had that since Randy Moss, probably. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it's funny. Um, when there's young quarterbacks, you hear that, like the Jets, right? You hear the mantra of, you know, get the young quarterback help. But I, I'm with you. I mean, Wyatt's a guy that I know the Patriots like, but and he's a lineman, but that would sort of fit the Belichick mold to get him. But, you know, we'll see. I, I'm with you. I would go with an offensive guy personally, but I get it. Yeah, they've got – so Stevenson at running back last year was a, a bright, shining light. Um, Win on the left side of the offensive line has been injured. Their offensive line, I think, is pretty good. Um, I'm really happy with the running backs. I think they've got the top five running back core in the NFL. Mac Jones is – I think he's an efficient guy. He's a little bit more than just a manager, a good manager of a game. I think he's got high NFL IQ. Uh, but he doesn't have anything around him. And the worst-case scenario is probably what Bill Belichick does to me every single year. And they, they'll they be draft night, and they'll say with the 21st pick, New England trades down, <laughs> never trades up, and then they end up drafting some guy that I've literally never heard of from some college that God doesn't even know exists. And then they end up panning out a lot of the time. But – I, I think we really have to make a splash and try and go get some kind of a talent because at wide receiver, you know, Aguilar and Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry, Nikhil Harry last year, a lot of people forget the first six weeks that we were talking about training camp, he, all he was doing was saying he doesn't want to be there. He hasn't produced anything. He was a first-round draft pick three years ago. Everybody was really high on him, and he hasn't done anything. So we got to go out and get some kind of talent because this year I think – there's no weak teams. I, I, I hate to say the Jets are going to be at the bottom of the East, but I, I think they're going to be better. But Miami is definitely a contender. The Bills are a contender. And the AFC is super loaded with all kinds of talent, especially in the West. We're going to find out. Devin, I appreciate your call. Thank you. The other thing with that is you have a needed receiver. Okay, let's just say that you do. And let's just say for grins that off the board – Wilson goes from Ohio State, the Williams kid from Alabama, and uh, what's the USC kid, Drake? I can't think of his last name. Um, uh, Oh, London. Okay. Thank you. So now you're the Patriots. So if the top three receivers are off the board, do you go receiver just because you have it, if it's not the right one, or do you wait? for later in the draft. That's what makes drafts, to me, fascinating. Tennessee Mike, hello. Hey, Steve. Uh, condolences on your loss. Thank you. Yeah. I hope you get over that bug you have going on, too. That, too, yes. Yeah. Hey, getting excited about all this draft talk, Steve. Uh, it's a nice uh, football fix coming up this week. But I uh, wanted to, I guess, ask you mostly about the uh, aftermath of the baseball series there. Uh, I watched the – kept an eye on it, Steve. I didn't watch three full games, but most of the games were entertaining. Um, I guess the first game got a little uh, out of hand there a little bit. But um, here's my question, Steve. Um, this attention with the Tennessee showering over there at the football stadium, and I heard you're open. Say that happened to Florida last year at Georgia. No, no, no. What I said was a lot of times teams will shower, the visiting teams will shower at a, at a football facility. That That's normal. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. It's, it's not uncommon. I thought right. I heard you say maybe maybe Florida did it at Georgia last year or something. Yeah, like yeah when I was with them, they they showered in Stegman Coliseum, for example. So I mean, it just depends. Yeah. yeah. 
I just there's no protocol or anything like that. Like I mean, Florida, that, boy, the ballpark's beautiful. I'd seen it before, but I would assume there are two shower facilities in that stadium, right? I think just, most visiting teams do not shower at the baseball facility. Yeah, okay. Because you know, I would think Florida would be a candidate. You know, down in some of these Cuban, Puerto Rican teams, some of these international events, I would think they'd have all kinds of great facilities for both teams and everything. But you know, I know uh, in football, Steve, uh, Alabama famously, I believe, don't they have like a pink locker room for the visitors called the Fail Room or something like that? Never been in it. Oh, I no. believe that's correct. They uh, they have a Alabama's visiting locker room is pink. Okay, well, idea, where, where are you going with this though? Well, I mean, the visiting team, I, mean, I guess, what's the protocol and what's kind of... I just said that. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, like, uh, so I just was kind of wondering why, if showers were available, why they wouldn't be offered. Because that's, it, it, first of all, we don't know if they were offered, okay? Secondly, it's a moot point. No one cares, okay? I, I can just tell you from being with baseball all the years I have traveled with, with, with them, it is very common for them to shower at the football or the basketball facility, period. And usually it's, a, you know, the next year, usually whatever one team gets, the other team will get it, give it right back to them next year, and that's usually how that goes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's worked out yeah, between really the two teams, teams, of course. I would think it's to both teams' advantage to have good shower facilities because you want that when you go on the road also. Hang in there, Steve. All right, Mike, thank you. Yeah, they don't shower like at the rec center, okay, in downtown Gainesville. They they They, they – they have a place they can, and it's just like it's done on the road. Um, BB says, since the Saints signed Winston to a new contract, the Saints will probably attempt to draft Charles Cross to play left tackle or draft uh, Chris Olive at the 19th pick. <coughs> what he would like, he'd like to see them get Matt Corral or Pickett first and a wide receiver and a tackle later. Big flumer, uh, rumor floating around. Uh, trading the 16-19 picks to your Jets to move up and grab a quarterback, potentially pick it, but that seems doubtful. Once again, I think one of the fascinations of a draft, I've said this many times, I would love to be in a war room once to see what goes on. Because when I hear people talk about a need, right, let, let's do baseball. Let, let's take a totally different sport, okay? A baseball team, and you hear the team, needs starting pitching. All right, there's free agents, okay? Now, the Mets went out and got Max Scherzer. That's a pretty good starting pitcher, okay? But most of the time, those kinds of guys are not there. So then you get fourth and fifth starters that will bolster the back end of your rotation for the Saints, okay? What they've got to determine is, is Malik Willis, is Kenny Pickett, is Matt Corral worth a first-round selection? Because that is, the, that is the selection that is most scrutinized, especially if a quarterback doesn't pan out there. That's what I love about this draft process because you don't necessarily know right away. Remember, I'll never forget this, watching Aaron Rodgers sit and sit and sit, visibly shaken, visibly upset that he wasn't drafted. Well, they didn't get that one right, did they? You think a lot of teams had a chance to get him now? Would have? Of course they would have. 
but you just don't know. 114 Time Check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. This is Hub Brown, Dean of the College of Journalism and Communications here at the University of Florida, and you are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. When it comes to taking care of your acreage, don't mess around. Toro Zero Turn Mowers cut big yards down to size in less time, so you can spend more time hunting, fishing, or just enjoying the day. Built with comfort-enhancing, productivity-boosting features like My Ride Suspension that take the ache out of acreage, massive rear-drive tires for ultimate traction, and ultra-durable iron-forged cutting decks you can rely on for years to come. Bowl through anything that dares get in your way. Toro. Count on it. Visit Toro.com slash zero turn to find yours. You're busy. We get it. And that's why Florida Coast Equipment is here for you every Saturday morning. Here with the Kubota equipment you can depend on from professionals you can trust. From Kubota zero-turn mowers to LX and L-series tractors to the number one selling subcompact, the Kubota BX. Keep building that backyard oasis. Make time for that barbecue and spend some quality time with the kids. You deserve it. And you deserve the dependability you get with Kubota and Florida Coast Equipment. Visit us today in person or online at FloridaCoastEQ.com. Now open Saturdays from 8 till noon. This is Matt Crowder, live at the gas station on 41st Street, reporting on those skyrocketing gas prices. Excuse me, miss, are you buying less gas now because of the high prices? Oh, I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute, are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, well, there you have it. Stop paying full price for gas. Download the free Upside app and get real cash back every time you buy gas. This is Matt Crowder Radio News Network. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SEAT for a $5 bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, to PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SEAT for a $5 bonus on your first tank. That's code SEAT. Diamonds are forever Diamonds are a girl's best friend But you see Our ladies like theirs covered in dirt And chalk Play ball We are your home for Gators softball ESPN 98.1 FM 850 AM WRUF And anywhere in the world On the WRUF radio app Live coverage of the first round of the NFL Draft starts Thursday at 7, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. It's the Dean of Sports Talk in Gainesville, Steve Russell, on ESPN 98.1 FM at 850 AM, WRUF. Don't know if you saw this or not. Um, Mark Kolsvari is the 78th Gator to debut in Major League Baseball and the 26th player to do so under Kevin O'Sullivan. He got uh, called up by uh, the Reds. So congratulations to Colo. It's interesting to see... um, 
all the guys that have gone to the big leagues, Nick Morande, Paco Rodriguez, and where they were drafted. The lowest drafted player to make the big leagues from Florida is Kirby Sneed, who's now with Oakland. He was drafted in the 10th round. And Colo was drafted in the 7th round. I believe I'm right in this. I think Schaefer, Justin Schaefer, was an 8th rounder. Uh, But it's pretty remarkable uh, to see all the guys uh, from Kevin O'Sullivan that that were drafted and many still in the big leagues. You're going to hear from Florida's new men's basketball coach. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, a chance to talk with Todd Golden. You can see the interview beginning tonight uh, when you watch TV 20 Sports. But in the meantime, we'll take your calls, 392-8255. You can email srussell <coughs> at wruf.com. As Michael makes sure all the right buttons are being pushed. Tomorrow, um, got a couple of guests on the show. Aaron Fit, D1 Baseball, is going to talk about the Gators, the SEC, what he sees in college baseball, and um, also going to talk NFL Draft with Seth Kalina from Pro Football Focus. D is up next. Hi, D. Hey, what's up, Steve? How are you doing, man? How's your weekend? All right. Good, good, good. Uh, I wanted to kind of get off topic a little bit. Uh, I know it's a free kind of free ball Monday here. Yep. Uh, I want to talk about, you know, fan behavior, Steve, and, you know, the hypocrisy I see in the coverage of it from one town to the next. Now, obviously, you saw what happened in New York with the baseball player this yep. week where the fans were, you know, pelting the outfielder. Uh, I mean, they threw a bottle at him. Lord knows what could happen to the guy had they hit him. Uh, they had one incident. That was uh, one incident. Then last year, I think they threw a baseball at the back of the neck of, of Verdugo, the outfielder for the Red Sox. Uh, and then at the next game in the playoff series against with Trey Young in Atlanta, uh, fans spit on him. Now, I know he was dealt with, but and, and here's the thing that I have a problem with. I'm looking at all these networks, and I, I wouldn't have known it. If I didn't see it, it happen on Saturday, Steve, I wouldn't have known it, ha- it would have happened at all because there's hardly any coverage of it. But, you know, Celtic fans get this reputation. Uh, maybe it's just the city of Boston. Uh, they're booing Kyrie Irving uh, for a couple games, and you know, they can't stop talking about it for two or three weeks. So I, I, I just don't get the, the hypocrisy and the coverage when you got fans out here, you know, throwing stuff at these athletes. And I, I just don't hear the outcry like I do for MLB, like I do for the NBA when it comes to fan behavior. Um, <clears throat> let, let's take a step back. I don't think a lot of the outcry was because fans booed Kyrie Irving. It was because of Irving's reaction to the booing. That's what most of the talk was about, not the fact that the Celtics booed him. Am I wrong on that? Well, the, I mean, the, the Celtics fans are not going to ever forget what he did in his last season sure. there. So, yeah. I mean, they, they, every time he goes there, Steve, he's, he's getting booed. Yep. Celtic fans are just not going to forgive him. Okay. But my point still is, though, that – there was coverage of that, but it was Irving's reaction because of what he did. That is going to get talked about. I mean, I, let's say you go to New York, 
okay? And Knicks fans boo somebody. If the guy shoots fingers, well, that's going to get talked about. I don't understand. I just I, I I'm not I'm not seeing the intensity in the coverage as I did the whole Kyrie situation. That's that's just the way I see it. Like I said, if I didn't if I didn't actually see it happen on Saturday, I would have never known it would have happened because no one's no one's talking about it. It's but here's like the, the difference. Here's the act. difference, D. In my opinion, there was no player reaction. Right. In other words. Those idiots that pelted the players, right, the players didn't attack them or jump in the stands or whatever. Well, one almost did. He was well, almost oh, but, but didn't, rail. but didn't, okay. That would have garnered a lot of discussion, okay. Ron Artest, remember? So, yes. yes. So, if that doesn't happen, however, if you're watching a sports show, or you're listening to sports radio, do you really want to discuss what one or two fans do You know, for the, for the balance of your show? Now, fan behavior in general? Yeah, okay, that, that's a topic. But you see where I'm, what I'm trying? It, it, it's not player-related. It's fan-related. And to me, unless you have a broad discussion, D, about fan behavior then it's not going to get the play. I, I'm with yeah. you in that. Right, but I, it, it wasn't one or two fans, Steve. It was, I mean, they were throwing everything. I, I understand. The, was, the, fan, the, the, the field was getting pelted with whatever they had in their hands, whatever they could throw, they were throwing that out on the field. But what are they, if you're talking sports, what are you going to say about it? You're going you're gonna to say, are these fans out of control? Yeah, well, the answer is obvious. Yes. Well, obvious, you're right, but. What, what what can they what is going to be done to kind of prevent that and why is the fan di- disrespecting the player as such because like I said Steve if that guy would have got if that bottle would have hit this guy in the head and caused him serious damage then what sure but that again is back to my point it's a bigger issue it's an issue of if you want to talk about how do we stop it legit okay you want to talk about how big is this becoming more normal? You know, how big an issue is this? Should we have a discussion about it? Yeah, I'm all with you. But I don't know if talking heads are going to do that because they're not going to interview the fans. You can interview the player, right? You can go to Kyrie Irving and say, why'd you stick your middle fingers up? Okay, they're not going to interview Joe Sixpack in the stands. Why'd you throw a bottle? Different story. I got you. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, man. All right, because Steve. Yes, sir. Thank you, D. I totally see D's point. And, and I'm not saying that I don't. I do. I'm just trying to frame it from a broadcast perspective or because look, I don't know what you do do when it comes to that. Right? I mean, all you can do is throw that fan out. But it it is interesting. When, you know, for example, did fans run off Mike White? Well, that, that I think, has more chops to be discussed than the other stuff does. Byron, hello. Hey, Steve, I, I want to call, and I'm, I'm going to try to be facetious and make everyone laugh, but I'm from Waldo, which rhymes with ghetto. And, and a lot of athletes 
people have to remember these guys might not come from the most stable places and throwing bottles and spitting and talking to them and expecting them to react in a sensible way is not i'm just trying to help y'all with this so remember i i'm crazy i believe and i'm from right here around in this county so i don't think you don't don't throw no bottles and spit on me because i'm from the ghetto in waldo thanks Stephen. go gators byron thank you i'm not sure what that means i mean look the relationship between fan and player fan and team should be just that if you want to go to a ballpark an arena and boo you have the right to do that okay you want to stand up and say michael you suck okay great you have the right to say that but when it gets personal, you don't have the right. You don't. And I have been at games when I have seen behavior from some college students and stuff they were yelling, and I'm thinking, how in the world are they getting away with that? But see, when you have a persona, when you have the rowdies, and I'm just using them as an example, okay? Well, that's you, you want that to be something where, you know, for example, they want to switch the cameras around in the O'Connell Center to show the rowdies because of the, you know, I get it, okay? But you don't hear them. You, you know, they're waving their stuff, but you don't hear some of the stuff they say. And in my opinion, that's crossed the line. But very rarely have I, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a student be thrown out. I'm, not, I'm sure it's happened. don't think I've ever seen it. Coming up next, a conversation with Gator men's basketball coach Todd Golden. 128. Time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry ESPN. 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WAUF. Live from Weimer Hall on the campus of the University of Florida. ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Who can you trust with your automobile these days? Hey, it's Steve Russell. As you drive around town, you'll see a lot of auto repair shop chain stores. Every time you go in there, there's a new person behind the counter with the same old song and dance, presenting you with a long list of expensive repairs. If you're tired of that type of treatment, do what I and thousands of families have done since 1975. Trust Dave Mays Automotive. Dave Mays Automotive is family-owned and operated, and you can tell because they treat their customers like family. No long list of surprises. In fact, their famous bug checks designed to prevent surprises. They do it all. They'll take care of your entire vehicle. Dave Mays Automotive is located at 2905 Northeast 19th Drive in the industrial complex behind Sunny's on Waldo Road. Trust Dave Mays Automotive. They'll get the bugs out. Dave Mays Automotive. We get the bugs. All of them bugs. Hey folks, it's Steve Russell. You know I've been telling you for a long time now about my friends at Dick Mondell's Burgers and Fries in Gainesville. Well, this month, a brand new milkshake. You know how good their milkshakes are. It's the Unicorn Shake, an explosion of magical flavors. If you're in a hurry, you can order ahead at DickMondell's.com for a quick pickup. Also, Dick Mondell's is hiring new team members looking for competitive pay and flexible hours. Contact jobs at DickMondell's.com. Dick Mondell's Burgers and Fries, great food and great shakes, too. 
Daughtry Tree Service has been voted Our Town Magazine's favorite local tree company for 2020, as well as the Newberry Business Hall of Fame for the third year in a row. Call us today for a free estimate. And remember, at Daughtry Tree Service, there's no tree too tall. We do them all. Life is all about choices. Veggies or meat, sleep in or hit the gym. Luckily, choosing Cox Internet over AT&T is easy. With Cox, you can always choose Internet that can deliver speeds even faster than 5G providers. With AT&T, you don't. That's easier than packing a swimsuit for the pool. Get Cox today, the no-brainer choice for fast and reliable Internet. Based on Gigablast download speeds up to 1 gigabyte per second compared to average download speeds over 5G. Download speed up to 1 gigabyte per second requires Doxis 3.1 modem with 2.5 gigabyte per second Ethernet port. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. Partly cloudy and staying very warm into the evening, and we could get a few sea breeze thunderstorms pop up today, mainly along and west of I-75. The best chance for those will be from about dinner time till shortly after sunset, but they will be isolated in nature. Tonight, starting off mostly clear, patchy fog developing by tomorrow, lows in the low 60s. In the UF Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Megan Borowski. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. Dan Orlovsky with us now, guys. Right now, I can be Keyshawn on one-on-one, absolutely. What Dan's the not one-on-one. Of your I've seen Dan play. Mind. Dan's not bad, but Dan, I, can't, I can't put Dan over Key. Dan, you lost your mind. Hey, if we're playing 211, I'm 100% beating Keyshawn. Only thing you're going to beat me in is swimming and golf. That's Key, Jay, and Max. Weekday mornings at 6, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. From the weight room to the war room, football lives here. We are ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Sports Scene with Steve Russell on ESPN 98.1 FM and 850 AM, WRUF. Well, it's our pleasure. First time to get a chance to talk to the new Florida men's basketball coach, Todd Golden. Todd, welcome. Thanks for doing this. So many things I want to ask, but these next, these last few weeks you've been here, what's it been like? Been a whirlwind. What's it been like so far? Yeah, it, honestly, it's been great. We've uh, we've had a blast. I was able to bring my family down when we first got here for the press conference in the first couple of days. They've since been back in San Francisco, uh, and we've done a lot in a short period of time. Been able to hire a really great staff that I'm really excited about. Uh, kept some guys in the program that we think are important building blocks, you know, to have success, and added a few guys as well. So we feel like, uh, you know, knock on wood, we've had a, a decent start. You know, a lot of people that these days are talking. NIL, transfer portal, that that must get difficult to navigate sometimes, but you have to do that. Your thoughts on that? You know what? It, it, uh, it kind of is what it is right now in our profession, and uh, you know, I think a lot of people have different opinions and thoughts on it, but the reality is it's here, and uh, you know, the transfer portal is becoming a place where recruiting is, is pretty important, and so you still have your young high school kids, prep school kids, grad transfers, but the transfer portal with the one-time transfer exception is something that, that's here to stay. Does it change how you recruit? Absolutely. Yeah, and I think, you know, the, the way I explain it, I think college basketball, especially in the recruiting landscapes, changed more in the last two years than it has in the last 20. And uh, if you're not adjusting and if you're not on top of it, 
I think you'll be left behind a little bit. I couldn't wait to ask this because fans hear the buzzword about analytics. Yeah. Okay, and I've heard that you can look at a group on the floor and you can know analytically that that group does more than another group does. So is that true? And then discuss analytics and what that effect it has in college basketball. Yeah, you know, I think we're, we're on the forefront a little bit of uh, analytics in basketball. I think more the way to think about it is we, we look at basketball through an analytical lens. You know, we're always trying to gather as much data as we can before we make an educated decision. And so whether it's recruiting, scheduling, in-game uh, situations, roster alignment, player development, whatever it may be, we're always trying to gather as much data as we possibly can and then evaluate that data to make good informed decisions. So, uh, you know, I think there's certain things that we do uh, to try to separate ourselves from others, um, but it's more of like on a macro level than anything in particular micro that is, uh, is more impactful than others. Um, you've had a chance to meet with some of the players who were here and meet with some of the new players. How's that gone? Awesome. You know, I think, you know, for me, when I got this opportunity, uh, we recognized quickly that there were some really important pieces within the program that we wanted to make sure that we could keep around and continue building with them. You know, I look at a guy like Colin Castleton, getting him to come back and take advantage of his fifth year. Uh, a guy that was really prideful of wearing, you know, the orange and blue, being a Gator. He decided to sacrifice, or not sacrifice, but wait on going and play professionally to come back here. A guy like Kwesi Reeves, who I think is a huge building block for the future of this program. A really, really impressive young man who has really good potential on the floor and showed that at the end of last season with some really, really good games. Uh, Myron Jones, a guy I really like, thinks going to have a really good year for us. You know, there's there's guys within our program that are really good uh, that we wanted to make sure that we made sure they were comfortable and wanted to continue with our program and, and knock on wood, they're still with us. When you evaluate the players that were here, you've got tape to look at, obviously. Do you go, hey, fresh start for everybody? Do you use that tape? How do you approach that? I think it's a mixture of both. Like We, we can use that to, to see where we think they're good, where we think they need to improve. Um, but at the same time, I do want them to feel like this is a little bit of a fresh start and that everybody it's a meritocracy. Everybody starts from the same spot. Everybody's going to have equal opportunity uh, to be impactful and to get playing time. And uh, you know, for guys that maybe felt like they didn't have you know, a great spot last year, they feel like they can, they can achieve some good things this year. Um, very passionate fan base here. You know, coaching in the SEC, looking forward to that challenge. Love it. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's something that you know, for me, as a as a younger head coach, I've been hopeful to get an opportunity like this. You know, we've been able, we were able to do some really good things in San Francisco, which provided us this opportunity. And uh, you know, I think if if you really like competing and, and want to be one of the one of the best, you want to be a part of a league like the SEC, compete against guys like Coach Calipari, Coach Pearl, Coach Rick Barnes. You know, guys, uh, and that's just naming a few of the really great coaches in our league. Um, but to to, to be one of the best, you have to do it in this league as well. For those who don't know, how'd you get into coaching? Uh, it's a great question. I, I played, obviously, at St. Mary's College in California. I played a couple years overseas. And uh, it took me a little bit to get into coaching. I actually went into sales and marketing for a little bit uh, in California. Uh, had some success doing that, but I didn't enjoy it. And I uh, wanted to be back part of a team, uh, you know, be able to help young guys achieve their goals. And uh, once I got in coaching over a decade ago at Columbia, uh, I've never really looked back. When you put a staff together, what do you look for in the people you hire for that staff? It's an incredible question. Uh, no, but honestly, the staff needs to be uh, connected. The staff is a team, right? The staff is a group of you know five, six, seven individuals that really need to be pulling the same way, need to have the same common goals in regards to what we're trying to do on the floor, what we're trying to do in recruiting, what we expect of our student athletes off the floor, and really, I, I think really good connected staffs. Uh, 
paint a great picture and a great example for what the team should be. And so when I built out our staff, I wanted guys that I had, I had a good understanding of who they were as people, uh, good fathers, good husbands, guys that could be great role models for our guys, as well as obviously be great coaches. And, uh, you know, fortunately, we were able to put together a really good one here. With NIL and what that all is, I guess we don't know where, where it's going to go. So far, no legislation. It's sort of the wild, wild west. How do you approach all of that? And if you could change things, Todd, with that, would you change anything? You know, we're just so early in this that I, I think there's a lot to still be figured out, you know. And uh, so I, all we're trying to do, again, is just gather all the information on it. Uh, you know, as coaches, we're really not supposed to be involved very much in regards to what's going on. So I'm um, just trying to make sure our guys are educated properly. Uh, the guys that are receiving some NIL, make sure they have some financial literacy and they understand that they have to pay taxes on some of this money and that it's not yeah. just funny money. Uh, but, you know, I think there's going to be a lot more that comes in the space in the next six to 12 months. And uh, all we can do is really try to be on the forefront of it and make sure that we're educating our guys the best we can uh, so they can, A, take advantage of it and, B, not be taken advantage of. Did you look at this league and see what you know what all these teams were and who they were? You know, it's uh, from my time at Auburn. You know, back in, I guess from 16 to 18 or uh, whenever. No, I guess it was 14 to 16. Uh, you know, I spent two years in this league and had a very good understanding at that point what it was about. And so, obviously, over the past six years, uh, this is a league that I've watched uh, religiously and and felt, even though I hadn't coached in the league, felt like I knew it really, really well. So, um, you know, I don't feel like I'm coming into this league blind. I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of what makes teams good and, and how it's different from the West Coast, how it's different from the West Coast Commerce League that I've you know, coached in. And so, uh, yeah, I feel like I have a pretty good feel for, for what it's all about. Obvious question here. When you were offered this job, was there any hesitation? Not at all. Uh, this is, uh, you know, I tell people all the time when we started having some really good success and it looked like there might be some opportunities out there, uh, you know, as soon as Coach White left, this was the one that I, I circled on, on my radar, uh, even told my wife, you know, if we could find a way to uh, get involved with this opportunity that I would love to go do it and knock on wood, they felt like I was a guy that could be successful here. So it was, uh, you know, there were some other opportunities within the league that, you know, I had the opportunity to look at, but this was by far uh, where we wanted to be. It's been a pleasure to talk with Florida's new men's basketball coach, Todd Golden, hopefully first of many. Coach, thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Okay. There he is, Todd Golden, pretty sharp tack. Now, you know, that goes so far. you got to win games, Lord knows. Uh, but uh, we'll see what his regime will bring in a very short few months. Rob's been waiting. Let's get him here. Rob, hello. Steve, can you hear me? Gotcha. Good deal. Sorry about your father and – um. Bless you, Steve. It's, it's always hard to lose a loved one, especially your father. But God bless you, man, and may God give you strength. Thank you. Um, it's all about sportsmanship, Steve. I mean, what comes around goes around. And in life, you're going to run into people that are called hotheads. Everybody knows what a hothead is, a grenade, whatever. Like Mike Tyson, who was harassed. I don't blame Mike Tyson for turning around, and I blame him for hitting the dude because he knows he can hurt somebody. His fists are supposed to be; those things can kill somebody. So I don't, I blame, I don't, I blame Mike Tyson for for hitting the man, not putting him in his place. And then, did you see the pitcher that totally went off his feet and just annihilated um, in this um, baseball game? The, the college pitcher. Yep. I've never seen that in all my days. Now I've seen fights. But I've never seen that. So, you know, people have to remember 
In, in sports, you have to win and you have to lose. And when you lose, you learn. You don't become bitter and start throwing stuff and provoking people because you're bound to get a reaction from somebody, and they have every right to retaliate, and sometimes it's wrong and the way they do it. But you put yourself in that position. So, Steve, I just wanted to say that, you know. Thank you. All right, Rob, thank you. It is amazing to me, though, that in the same breath, I think some fans would say it's okay to curse and scream and yell at a coach and, you know, where his family can hear that, that, that that's okay. And, and why? Because the coach makes a lot of money. Okay. I mean, is, is that really a factor? Is that really a factor? If I'm going to yell and scream at Michael, who isn't making a lot of money right now, okay, does that justify me screaming and yelling at him? And, or maybe not as much, and yet somebody who's making a lot of money to do it. I mean, he just, I get it. I understand in, in terms of what fans do and who fans are, and the vast majority are really good, supportive, and there's nothing wrong with expressing frustration. You know, when you boo a team for its effort, when you boo a coach for what he or she isn't doing, that message gets across loud and clear, and that's fine. But when you start throwing stuff, when you become verbally abusive, that I'm sorry, that, 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 that crosses the line of what a fan should do. 144, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. Final segment coming up, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WAF. From the College of Journalism and Communications, ESPN, 98.1 FM, and 850 AM, WRUF. What's the number one mistake sellers make when selling their home? The answer may surprise you. Hey, it's Steve Russell, and I asked Ocala's real estate expert, Scott Caldwell, with your home sold guaranteed realty, this important question. With over 18 years of experience, Scott's seen it all. The buyer's market, the seller's market, and yes, even the historically low inventory market. He says one of the biggest mistakes sellers make is not planning ahead. When you have the luxury of time to sell in this hot market, do your research. Find out what your home is really worth. And if you need to buy another home, Scott Caldwell has off-market listings that never hit the MLS. Did you know almost 50% of sales are with off-market properties? Because Scott has over 8,000 buyers in his database, he has all the information you need to help you plan ahead and net the most money. So, plan ahead. Call Scott Caldwell today, 352-209-0000. That's 352-209-0000 or visit CaldwellHasTheBuyers.com. Every three seconds, there's a new victim of identity theft. A criminal could be applying for loans in your name or even selling your personal info on the dark web. Protecting your identity can be easy with LifeLock by Norton. LifeLock monitors your info and alerts you to potential identity threats. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But with LifeLock, it's easy to help protect yourself. Save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com with promo code NEWS. Scared money don't make money holds true on and off the field. This is Gators head football coach Billy Napier. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF is Gainesville's only sports radio home for all things Gators. A touchdown for the Gators! 
If your business can use a boost in sales, let Peter and the gang help. Contact the radio home of the Orange and Blue by logging on to WRUF.com and clicking on the Contact Us button at the bottom of the page. Live coverage of the first round of the NFL Draft starts Thursday at 7, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. This is Gator soccer coach Tony Amato, and you are listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Thank you, Coach. All right, we got a final segment coming up here for you, 392-8255. You can email uh, srussell at wruf.com. Uh, uh, Bill had a question. He said, why doesn't Florida not play a midweek game? They never do uh, during finals week. They don't do that. Now, softball is, but baseball's always um, – as far as I can remember, at least, not had a game uh, during finals week, which is what this is now. Uh, Peter emails, and he said, uh, I saved these because I thought maybe at the end we wouldn't have calls. His question about Gator baseball. Steve, you mentioned about the pitching, which I agree was a bright spot, at least the starters on Saturday and Sunday. If they continue to pitch that well, can things be turned around? T- to some extent, yes, but remember, right? L- let's look what happened this past weekend. They pitched well, and they lost. Part of that was because they were playing a really good team in Tennessee. But Florida has got to hit better in league games. I, I-, I gave you the stat, okay? 232 in SEC games. That's got to get better. And right now, I mean, you, you saw a new face in the lineup yesterday. Home run for Jack. Good. But, I mean, how much are you really going to shake things up as far as, you know, the order's concerned? If, if you're going to if you're going to shake the lineup, maybe I'll, maybe I'll throw this out for tomorrow. If you were Kevin O'Sullivan, how would you shake up the lineup? Because the only thing I would do differently, if I'm going to use the same guys, okay, is I would maybe lead. Fabian did not have a good weekend either. But maybe I'd lead him off instead of Halter and drop Halter down in the order a little bit. But then the question becomes, who do you put in the two-hole? And if you have a righty there, do you want to put Ryapel at two and take away his RBI capability? I would not. Or do you flip, do you put Halter two and put Fabian one? Okay. But then you have left, left, if you keep Thompson in the three-hole where he's done, you know, a pretty nice job most all season. So, anyway, for all of you who want to take a stab at coaching or make it out of lineup, tomorrow you can let me know what you think. Speaking of tomorrow, 
Um, we're going to have Seth Galina from Pro Football Focus talk a little more about the NFL draft. And Aaron Fit from D1 Baseball is going to talk college baseball with you tomorrow, too. And then Wednesday uh, on the show, uh, in our partnership with the Gator Collective, Dejon Reynolds, Gator football wide receiver, get a chance to know him. So that's coming up on Wednesday. Andrew says, <coughs> why is Gator softball struggling? Well, I mentioned that earlier, too. They have trouble at times scoring runs. If they can't manufacture runs, and remember, they had a really good player, an offensive player in Hannah Adams, not in their lineup. And when you don't score a ton of runs via the home run, that's a big absence. So she wasn't there. But that's because Florida doesn't hit a lot of home runs, so they can't get, I don't want to say cheap run, you know, base hit, walk, bam, three runs. No, that's three runs. Well, because they don't hit a lot of homers, they have to really manufacture their runs, and sometimes that's tough to do. Let's bring Jim to the show. Hi, Jim. Hi, Steve. How are you today? Good. Good. Disappointed, I guess, like everybody else, and not being able to get at least one from Tennessee. Uh, I guess my question would be, uh, you got a man on third base, a pinch runner, pretty good speed. Um, you know, Kobe can lay the bunt down. Why don't you just go ahead and win the game there? Um, didn't work out that way, but that's just my opinion. Okay, let me, let me throw this out at you. And I think what people have done in this, Jim, is make okay. an absolutely huge, huge um, given that may not okay. be. Let me switch right. this around, okay? Runner at third with speed. Here he comes. Halter squares the bunt and misses it. You okay with that? Okay. No. No. Oh, okay. So, but that's the assumption that people are making that he's just going to make the bunt. Well, as a pitcher, right. when I see that coming, okay, I throw up. I, I make right. when, when when he squares. I'm throwing the ball high, so he has trouble bunting. And people forget that okay. too. There's a defense to that. So there is. I think in Sully, and I'm not going to speak for Sully because I don't, I don't. But he's thinking, my leadoff hitter. Yeah, he's been struggling, but if he just puts the ball in play, we're going to get a run. Do I understand the squeeze well, option? I do, but I'm just giving any alternative. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I saw the option, too, because Colby had had three really decent fly balls. He's making good contact. Yep. They're just not dropping. And so you think, well, you know, he can do that again and yep. win the game. But on the, on the squeeze play, it's, it would be a safety squeeze. that The runner wouldn't go unless that ball is on the ground or, you know, he cheats up a little bit. But, that's you know, that, it's, I mean, you know, next week you make the call and it works. This week you don't. So my concern, I guess, overall is just the depth or lack of that Florida has. I mean, I don't know who in the world would back up um, anybody at any position should somebody go down. And, um, I mean, even the best pitching, uh, it's only going to get you five or six innings. Our, our bullpen is not very strong. And I think we're probably at least a year, maybe two away from – some contending. Let these guys get some experience. They're playing against, you know, 22, 23-year-old guys in most cases. 
So, uh, I mean, I'm fine. I'm Florida fan all the way. I support them. Uh, I just think it's going to be a while before we get the ship righted on it. Well, remember this, the transfer portal. Sully did yeah, not we, delve into that this past year except for Ryapel. He may delve into it more after this year. Well, that, that's good if it's a, you know, especially if it's a graduate student that's really not a pro prospect but a good, solid college baseball player. That's kind of what we need in terms of that transfer portal. Um, I mean, Caligula is, is, does a good job at first base, but, you know, I don't know if Jack can play first base. Uh, maybe you put him there a little bit. So, but I'm just concerned about the depth, and I think we are going to have to get it through transfer portal because, you know, nobody's going to really transfer because they're not even there. So, but that, I mean, it, it, you know, everybody's got an opinion. So I, I appreciate your show for that. All right. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate your call. I mean, look, I, I don't think anybody looks at this roster and thinks, I mean, it's a very, very young team. In hindsight, could Florida have gone to the portal and gotten a couple of more veteran players? Arguable, sure. Um, and then, you know, you look at some of the other guys here, the, the one guy... Chris Armstrong comes to mind, who I thought would have been, would have played a bigger role here offensively, and he's just struggled. I mean, that, that's just how it's been. And so, you know, you've got these young hitters. You know, Lastris is not going to be able to play much because Ryapel's catching. And then you, know, you look at some of the other people on the roster – they're just not ready. I mean, uh, is Tucker Talbot, you know, Degody and all those guys, you're going to put them in an SEC game at this point? I, I don't know. Uh, Porter will be our final caller. Porter, hello. Hey, Steve. Um, I, uh, honestly, my opinion, I felt the same way as so many of the callers that in that situation, um, you've got to uh, get, get the butt down and make Tennessee um, basically charge and take that, away, take that away. Then at least if you're, if you're slapping it, you've got a better chance. And Halter's first strike, it looked like he was trying to hit a home run. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I haven't done it at that level, obviously, but it sure seems like a guy with an uh, you know, 85 uh, fastball, it's not quite as intimidating. Plus, he's left-handed. Unless they switch pitchers, he doesn't have a good view of the, of the runner like a right-handed would. So I just thought it was a perfect time. You know? What do you mean he doesn't have a good of view as the runner? Of course he does. If he's a right-handed well, pitcher, he's looking at the runner at third. He's, he's, he, right, he's not. He was left-handed. He doesn't. He, oh, I, okay. I thought you said. Okay, I thought you had misspoke. Okay, now I got what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, and then and that might force Tennessee to to to, to walk. Um, to set up the double play, although they didn't want to face Fabian at all. You know, you know. No. You know, important situation. But I don't know. I just think too many things. Uh, you know, worst case, you, you do that and you make Tennessee. Um, you know, overplay to try and take it away, and then that works. That's that's still in your favor. But you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But I certainly no, I, have in that situation. Like I said, Porter, can I understand somebody saying that would be an option? Sure, I do. Especially um, if uh, if the pitcher responded like you said, throwing high with that uh, uh, fast fast runner, it, it might end up being a steal of home. You know, it's, it's 
He just gets a, a better lead at the backside, and then he's sliding in. The catcher's trying to catch a high ball. I don't know. Just too many. Well, but if it's a safety squeeze, that he's not going to be running. Right, right. I understand. Uh, frustrating. All right. All right, so you go get it. Yep, Porter, thank you. Um, again, I get it. If Colby Hall here, it's a sacrifice fly, we're not having this conversation. And he's, it, it's whether you execute it or you don't, right? He hit fly balls during the game. He hit a ton of them. And, all, and I think what Sully's saying is hit another one. I get it. Thanks today to Laura Rutledge from NFL Live and ESPN. She'll be a very busy woman these next few days with the NFL draft coming up. And then Todd Golden, the Gator men's basketball coach, joining us. You can see that interview tonight beginning at 6 o'clock on TV 20. Tomorrow, we'll do more of the NFL draft. Your team, give me your team and who you think you should draft and who you think the team will draft. Thanks to Michael for making sure all our buttons are pushed right. We thank you for listening. We'll do this again tomorrow at noon. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Gainesville, U251CG, Gainesville. From the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios, we are ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM, WRUF.